Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey, and welcome back to another episode of the Fractional CMO Show. Today, I want to talk to you about the idea of you going at it alone as a fractional CMO, like you doing the thing, you you hanging the shingle that says that you are a fractional CMO and you're available t- for hire. I want to tell you a bit about my story and how I did it and some of the concerns I had. And then also just recently um, uh, getting together with a buddy of mine and him thinking about leaving his employer and going off on his own and doing his own thing. Um, because I saw a lot of me in him. And, and I just want to share that. So this is a great episode if you're thinking about becoming a fractional CMO and maybe you're already a marketing consultant or an agency owner, or maybe you work full-time in a company. So let's just start right there. Working full-time for a business, what does that afford you? And I think it's pretty clear. One of the biggest things that working full-time affords you is the confidence of a regular paycheck, the support of a team, potentially, um, if there's a team that's available to help you, And also just like kind of just the confidence in knowing that you have kind of a life plan in some ways, right? You can look down uh, the the road and say in a few years, you think you could maybe go from this role to that role or the company will go from here to here, or maybe you'll leave that company and go take on another um, employer as a full-time employee in marketing. Maybe you'll move from marketing director to VP marketing or CMO, or maybe you'll move from CMO in one company to CMO in another company or Whatever, you know, whatever you're seeing for yourself, there's something that's real for you there. And it's probably reasonably easy to consider that. You know that all you got to do is just go to work five days a week and, you know, you've got your vacation and there's the holidays and whatever. But like, you know, you just kind of got to show up and do the thing and, and, and you'll be successful. And I think for some people, that's a really noble path and a great place to be. Uh, by no means do I think full-time employees are bad. Um, where I come from is I'm just not wired that way, right? Like I can't work for the same employer for 30 years. My father worked for IBM forever. He worked for over 25 years at IBM. Um, and he had a big, uh, uh, party when he left and he, you know, he had all his colleagues there. It was like, it was a thing. He had like a family at IBM. Like, that's really cool. Um, that's not for me. Right? I don't think that really exists in today's market unless you work for like a Fang company. Uh, Fang, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. That's what it used to be called. But now I don't even know what it's called when it's Alphabet and not Google and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Amazon should be in there. Apple, Amazon. Yeah. All right. So if you want to be an employee and it's really for you and you work really well inside of the, um, kind of guardrails and barriers of an organization, then by all means, do it. Do it. And like, do it in such a way that you have full kind of commitment to it. Uh, When we make decisions, we ought to make decisions and decide once. So small aside here, but I think this is an important lesson. Have you ever bought something expensive? And then afterwards had some kind of buyer's remorse around it. 
Yeah, right? Have you ever flown first class and then you got there and you were like, oh man, was that really worth it? Like twice the flight cost for first class? You might have some buyer's remorse. I don't remember where I heard this, but I just love this idea. Just like commit to buying it and buy it. That's it. You knew as much as you know, uh, as you knew at the time, and uh, you did the best that you could with the information that you had, and that's the outcome that you got, and you learned from it. And like, you don't, you don't regret it, right? So much of the same way, if you're an employee, a full-time employee, and that's just where you feel safe and good, and you like the people that are leading you, and you like the mission that the company's on and all that stuff, by all means, stay right there. Continue to work, continue to grow. You know, there's also people at different stages of their life where, um, or in different kind of, um, uh, like they have like a different life experience. You know, some folks have like kids with medical needs and it's what's more important than, uh, going off on your own, starting a business is just having a regular paycheck. Maybe you're in a season of life where you're taking care of an aging parent. Like whatever your thing is, you know, being a full-time employee is great. Um, there's no shame in it. You know, it's, it's awesome. And on the other side, owning your own thing, being your own boss, comes with a limitless upside for whatever the thing is that you want to measure. Now, an easy thing to measure is income. You know, when I left the marketing agency and I became a fractional CMO, I quadrupled my income working the same amount. Quadrupled, like that's a, that's a big number, right? Went from about 100 grand to uh, just over 400 grand. So that's, that's possible as a fractional CMO. That's possible when you go out on your own. The other thing that you can measure is maybe happiness and satisfaction. You might be working with clients that you don't like right now or working with an employee that you don't like, but you're paid well. Well, you can increase your happiness if that's the metric that's really important to you. Another metric that might be important to you is free time or hobbies or maybe impact. I mean, it's your choice what you want to measure for. I think all too often we exclusively measure for money. And, you know, money's great. Uh, and also, so is free time. You know, I, I recently chatted with some people that um, made a lot of money and they didn't have a lot of free time. And it's just like, you don't get to spend the money. You don't get to, you know, enjoy yourself. It, it, it seems kind of crazy. So figure out what's right for you. But let's talk about what it's like to go off on your own. First of all, I think if you're in the U.S. and with our healthcare system, if you're leaving full-time employment and you're going to become self-employed, start your own business as a fractional CMO, your first consideration might be healthcare. And I'll just tell you, it's expensive. Like, just straight up, it's expensive. It's very expensive. It's annoyingly expensive. It doesn't cover enough. Um, I'm on a great plan. My wife's on a great plan. Um, you know, we pay for folks on our team. Uh, and I'm paying, I mean, I'll just tell you over $600 a month per person for health insurance. It's just a lot of money, you know? And then that's not even including like our kids and all that stuff. Like it's, it's very expensive. So like, that's just the thing that you have to cover. Where are you in your life? Do you have kids? Do you have a spouse? Are you going to be the person that needs to insure everybody? If so, well, like, okay, let's just say it's going to be two grand a month just for insurance. And maybe you're getting that already from your employer and you're not really appreciating that, but like that's part of your compensation and like just measure it. Okay, got it. Now you can get, you certainly can get cheaper plans. Absolutely. In the States, um, we just go, always go for a, for a top insured plan. So there's that. Okay. 
And then you have to do all of the other stuff that you haven't uh, potentially been doing in your full-time role. You have to prospect for business, build a pipeline, learn how to sell, right? How to close those deals and then how to service them. Back when I was at the agency, I got the experience in sales, but what I was doing was I was always selling short-term contracts. It was really annoying because I'd go sell a $20,000 contract and it'd take a month or two to do. And then I have to, you know, continue to sell more and more and more. I was kind of in this account executive uh, marketing consultant role. And it was just difficult to ever really be ahead because the project sizes were small. What I, what I did when I became a fractional CMO was I committed to a longer term contract with the people that I work with. So three month minimum, then over time, as you get uh, more established, you're going to extend your contract lengths longer and longer, six months, 12 months, et cetera. So that way you only have like one sale conversation a year every six months or so. And really it's just a renewal with your clients. Another thing that happened at the marketing agency was that I had to sell all sorts of stuff because I had a bunch of you know people in the agency that needed work. So it was my job to just to push on the sales side. And I felt like I was never done. As a fractional CMO, I just needed a couple clients. It was like just a couple. You know, some weeks at the agency, I'd do a couple sales. As a fractional CMO, every year all I needed was a couple sales. So there's just a huge difference there. Some folks are thinking like, oh, I could become a fractional CMO or I could, you know, write a book and sell it or whatever, uh, sell this widget that I have this idea for, 3D printed or whatever. Those are, those are interesting business ideas, but oftentimes they're very low cost, low profit, and you have to send, sell a tremendous high quantity of those things in order to make a good living. Someone that I know personally is out of a job and... Uh, was working on building up a, a a new job, go off on their own. And she was considering something that was very uh, low profit, but she thought she could do a lot of it. You know, didn't ask me for my opinion, um, so I didn't share it. But, you know, that's a tough business model. Yeah, you can go make a sale, but what would you rather do? Work hard to make a sale and make a 100 bucks, or work hard to make a sale and get paid $10,000 a month every month for the next six months? Right? That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about like getting your income back quickly in just a couple sales, two, three sales. I mean, for many folks, if they're going from full-time to fractional CMO, let's say they're making 100 grand a year, um, that could be just one sale. Maybe they're making 200 grand a year. That's like two sales, maybe three sales. Uh, maybe they're making 300 grand a year, right? To replace that income, it's just a handful of clients. That's it. Three clients, four clients, and boom, you're there. So, that consideration of how many clients that you need to make the income that you want is important. Another thing that I didn't consider early enough that I think is incredibly valuable, it came up in conversation with a buddy of mine that I was just spending some time with. And he was thinking about leaving his employer and going off on his own. He has a professional skill. And he shared all the reasons why um, you know, things were just like contentious at this organization that he's working at. And he was thinking about leaving and, um, just a big fear that he had around leaving. And ultimately the fear was around the extra effort that he had to put in and what he was going to get out of it. And all he was thinking about was reaching parity with his income. Like how does he get back to parity with his income? Which, okay, like that's important. But as he, as he builds that thing, he can also be creating equity in the business that he's building. 
So let's say he gets his income up to a half million dollars a year. He could be building a business, a, a service business, that has a valuation of a million dollars. He may never choose to sell it, but it gives him a very strong hand if he ever chose to. So not just being uh, the professional service provider that he is, but you know, building a team around him that supports him and does a lot of the labor, he'll find himself in a position where he's building a business and that business can be sold. You as a fractional CMO can build your fractional CMO practice, start off with just you, add additional help, grow it out. You can even bring in other fractional CMOs to work inside of your brand if you chose to. The benefit of all of that is an even more limitless potential in your like, income and impact. It's really an awesome thing. So don't forget about the value that you create in the business. It's not just about parity and in income or growing your income. It's about that plus growing actual business value. It's very cool. And I'll just tell you right now, there's so many niches and industries that are available for someone to step in and become the de facto number one fractional CMO. If you're listening to this, you're still early in that. Don't feel like the best niches are chosen. It's not like we're talking about, uh, you know, PPC agencies or SEO agencies. And if you want to do SEO for HVAC, man, good luck. There are so many great companies that do an amazing job at that. You can't compete. But if you want to be a fractional CMO for an industry or a niche, odds are you're one of the very few that are doing it. And those other people are probably already full. So just kind of consider the opportunity that's in front of you. So, there's also all this inner game stuff that comes up when you start your own business. And that's really important to give space to and consider and kind of honor it. Maybe that sounds goofy to you, but listen, you're going to freak out. You're, you're, the way that you work with money is going to be different. The way that you kind of show up with money is going to be different. I'll tell you as you get started, you're going to have some rough weeks and months, potentially, right? And then you're going to have some huge home run weeks or months. You might go week after week after week of not making a sale, and then boom, $15,000 client comes in. Like Those things happen, and it's, it can be um, psychologically uh, kind of difficult. I think about this uh, infinite scrolling. Like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatever, they all have infinite scrolling. You can scroll forever. And the idea is like the variable reward that you have is addictive. You don't know if it's going to be an incredible video or a mediocre video. So you got to keep going to figure out what's next. There's a whole rat study around this where rats were given, I think. They pull a lever and when they pulled the lever, they would either get a consistent treat every time or in another um, group, they pulled a lever and sometimes they'd get a small sugar block or a medium sugar block or a huge sugar block. And they just didn't know. So it's almost like a... Um, a slot machine that they were playing. And I bring this up to you because your weeks can kind of be like that. You can have low weeks, slow weeks, rough weeks, tough weeks, and then you can have incredible weeks that remind you of how great you are. Right? You can go from like, no dollars, no dollars, contract, hopeful, hopeful, don't get it. Contract, hopeful, hopeful, don't get it, right? Contract, hopeful, hopeful, get it, closed it, pay you today, 15 grand in your bank account. Oh my God, I'm doing it. 10 grand in my bank account, five grand in my bank account, whatever the number is. Um, and, and just like how you're going to be around that, there's just something to, it, it, there's a self-discovery there. 
maybe the best way to say that what entrepreneurship does for you, or at least does for me, is it's like the greatest way for me to get in touch with who I am. I think there's a lot of benefit in meditation. I think there's a lot of benefit in mindfulness. And I think that nothing really kind of triggers me in the same way that some business stuff can, especially early in my business career. When you know, a client was frustrated about a certain thing and how I would internalize it and what I would do and all those things. That stuff comes up. It might come up for you. Maybe you have a different thing that it'll come up for, right? Uh, maybe you got some worth stuff. Am I really worth this? I don't believe this client really believes that I'm worth this. Nope. Even though that they're paying me, I'm going to work three times as many hours as I committed to. You know, I mean, some folks do that kind of stuff. Um, you just kind of have to hold yourself softly and, 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 um, just like anticipate that being an entrepreneur is going to have like some some struggle to it but on the flip side you have complete control over everything so this is when you kind of have to grow up possibly which is around your boundaries and being able to establish boundaries and maintain them hold them don't let people walk over you you say i work x amount of hours a week for you based on this contract they ask for twice as many hours and you say i'm sorry i won't do that and you hold to that, right? You hold to your contract or you increase your rate or you do whatever it takes to take care of yourself. Just know that these things will come up for you around this. I mean, there's like the easy stuff to do, which is like, okay, go incorporate, you know, get an accountant, um, like those kind of basic things. Those things are easy. You can do those things like in an evening while watching Netflix. Just, just Google it. Just Google the whole business formation side of stuff. Though, you know, I mean, I think those things are important, but what's, what's more important is the client getting and servicing side of stuff. So don't anticipate that starting a business is going to be easy. But I think you should absolutely expect starting a business will be incredibly, deeply fulfilling and rewarding. That's what's important, right? No one ever said it was going to be easy. I'm going to tell you, it's just not easy. You're going to have ups and downs. But man, the ups are great. You know, that dinner that you bought for yourself tastes just a little different when you bought it yourself. You know, instead of you being on, a, um, uh, like having an expense account with an employer, right? You flying out to go see a client just feels a little different than it did when the agency shipped you around. The way that you plan your quarters to grow your business feels like taking care of yourself in just a different way than it did to, you know, go shop for your, you know, clothes and go to work in the traditional way and show up to the office. Like, this is just a different way to take care of yourself. Blocking off vacations, taking true vacations, time away, writing that into your contracts so that people can't book you all the time. So you actually have some freedom built into your contracts, de facto, and then taking those vacations. I mean, these things are all so important. Like, so, so important. Being a fractional CMO is an incredible opportunity for you to level up your leadership, level up your ability to serve clients, find great clients that you want to help uh, elevate and really push them to the next level. It's also another, it's a great way to have the freedom and flexibility you want in your life. Like, do you want to take your kids to school every day? Do you want to go for a run for an hour every morning? Are you training for a marathon and need to put two, three hours a day into it? You can do all that stuff as a fractional CMO. Are you working on like writing something? Do you like want to write a, um, 
like a fiction book? Is that your thing? Do you have a novel in you? You can do that as a fractional CMO. And you can still make a great living. Like a really, really great living. Like a top 1% living, potentially. You know? I mean, the 1% depends on the state that you live in. Kind of a fun exercise to go Google and, and see the latest data on it. But 200, 300, 400, 500 thousand dollars. Kind of depends on where you live, right? Alabama, you can be the top 1%. Um, with a whole lot less money than you can in Manhattan. But interesting, right? You can absolutely have a top 1% income in almost all of the world by being a fractional CMO working like 30 hours a week. It's there for you. It's possible. And there's people who have done it before that have less experience than you. So you just need to hold yourself in such a way and have the support around you and people that believe in you and, you know, surround yourself with people that are eager to help you and see you successful, and then go off on your own. Go pick up a client on the side as a fractional CMO. I don't think you should quit your job, take a week off, and then like start a fractional CMO practice. You know, that's a little risky. I'd rather see you work nights and weekends for three months and win a client or two, service them, start feeling confident, leave your full-time employer, and then add another couple clients and get your income back. That de-risks you as much as possible, and it gets you the biggest outcome, which is clients that pay you every single month for long-term commitments where you show up and you lead the marketing strategy. It's a beautiful thing. If you want my help in getting your fractional CMO practice rolling, right? I won't help you with the legal stuff. Like I won't help you set up the uh, actual business entity and register it with your state and you know set up QuickBooks. That's not it. But what, what I will help you with is attracting, converting, and serving high-paying clients on your terms. That's it. That's where my team and I help. I just uh, built a video for all the stuff that's coming up for us, and we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 separate events this month. 11 separate events. I'm leading a majority of those events, and those events are everything around um, how to get clients to how to do planning for clients and how to serve your clients, how to level up your leadership. We do breakout rooms where our members are working with other members and they're doing role play activities and they're getting their reps in so they can feel really confident on sales calls and on service calls and on calls firing vendors and all sorts of stuff. It's a really dynamic group of great committed people who are building their fractional CMO practice building wealth for themselves and for their families. It's awesome. If you're interested, just uh, book a call with my team. Head over to cmox.co slash call. cmox.co slash call. And I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 